Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder here, and you're listening to the Ever Black Podcast. Hey, human scum, this is odorous from Quark. Going to battle a fear factory. This is George Quark, Commander Fisher. This is Jasmine Delodrop. This is Wade from Our Last Enemy. Magnificent Two Thousand Feet. He is at Wednesday 13. This is Bruce Andrews Rex from Kill Devil Hill. This is Gary Sweet from Sepultura. You're listening to Ever Black Podcast. Before we go into this episode of the Ever Black Podcast, we just need to give a shout out to our show supporters, the Occult Clothing Brand Electric, which love amazing apparel from shirts to hoodies to hats to beanies, dresses and more. Check out their full range at electricwitch.com.au and put in the code EVERBLACK for 20% off your order. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the Ever Black Podcast on Spotify and iTunes podcast streams and see all our video interviews on the Ever Black YouTube channel. You can also read all our articles and reviews at everblack.com.au. All right, on with the show. All right. Well, Jamie, thanks for joining us on the show, brother. Uh, you staying safe down there? Is it, how's the weather? Is it as shitty as um, it's all right? It's been pretty wild, though. Like, yeah, there was a lot of flooding yesterday. I'm in the inner west, so yeah, the flooding's not super intense here, but um, in other parts of Sydney, it's been nuts. Like, yeah, just rivers in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that up here. Been, yeah, uh, right. Absolutely crazy. But uh, hey, yeah, man, we're, we're right. getting there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But uh, of course, your band Introspect have just released your new EP, Midnight Sun, and uh, it's a big, cinematic, epic 29-minute journey. Now, I've listened to it a a few times, and it's definitely, it it feels like it, it it sparks that part in my brain where it's like the imagination. It takes me on a massive journey. Was it like that for you? Um, Well, that's Um, good to hear. I mean, uh, yeah, I think, you know, um, the philosophy in terms of like why we write music and the feelings that we're going for when we're trying to yeah, create music, you definitely want an epic cinematic feeling. Um, we're interested in exploring like a breadth of feelings um, from like calm, intimate moments to like the massive statements that metal is kind of known for making. So we're always trying to dance in between those two things. And I guess, yeah, the result is this feeling of, of a journey, um, which is good. Yeah. Uh, if it's making sparking the imagination, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. It's there's a it's really hard to describe, mm-hmm. but it's there's a visual side to. It. I mean, obviously, you're a very visual band as well. But when mm-hmm. I listen to it from from the moment of that Carl Sagan uh, sample, and then just mm-hmm. man, I just it took me places, and that's very rare these days for music. You know what I mean? Like you put stuff on the car and you just headbang away and but yeah yeah. It was, yeah it's something really quite special brother oh i'm i'm yeah thank you that's very kind um i mean in terms of the visual side of things um it might have something to do with i guess like my background in writing the music i mean everyone has a part in writing the music but certainly the feelings the origins of the songs um i'm a yeah and for my work i i'm a cinematographer so i do lots of stuff within film 
and part of that job is to uh yeah look at a script and break down sort of you know what what's going on in the story and then figure out the best uh lighting or um you know camera work or the ways that you can dress up that world visually and um what visual elements um mm. i guess uh yeah complement a story and so in the same way like writing music um it's always visually driven so like if, if there's a song that we're working on i'm hearing it over and over again there's always a certain um visual feeling that's going along with that that informs the process i guess um and so that makes it obviously quite easy to make uh music videos that make sense um for the music uh yeah because i think it's always hand in hand i think it's also i don't know some people have referred to it as cinematic i think that's that same feeling that people are talking about where there's a sort of visual or story element that comes along with the music um yeah yeah it's awesome i love it dude and right. of course you know as i mentioned you know the ep starts off with that carl sagan uh sample um mm-hmm. You know where does where does that come into it? You know how does that influence? You know the the theme of the album, or the the EP, and everything like that. Um, yeah, I guess it starts with Cosmic Arena. Um, yeah, that I mean the name itself is lifted from the Carl Sagan speech. Uh, it's quite famous. Um, I don't know if you know the backstory of it, but essentially, Carl Sagan wrote uh, yeah a small couple paragraphs about looking at this image. Um, of the Earth that was captured by the Voyager spacecraft as it was leaving the solar system. And it's this big, epic, sort of empty void, and there's like a lens flare, the sun's hitting the camera lens, and then there's just this tiny little pixel. That's the Earth. Um, you know, and so, yeah, the pale blue dot, you know, it's a big (laughs) perspective check that absolutely everything that we care about, um, that we hold dear in our lives, and all that any human being has ever done in history is encapsulated in that little space. So it gives you this feeling of smallness in the sense that, you know, our, you know, our existence here is not as huge as this big tapestry or this big mystery. But at the same time, it means that what we do matters because we're fragile. Um, the earth's fragile. Um, and yeah, we should look after it. So, I mean, yeah, it's it kind of plays into the cyclical nature of the EP in that it starts off with explorations of, um, you know, uh, personal turmoil as well as like environmental concerns. And then it sort of comes out into a more positive feeling towards the end, um, mm-hmm. processing that uh, information or those stories into something more positive. Um, you know, the end, the statement, I guess, isn't that, you know, what we, you know, you can look at that picture and say, oh, be a nihilist and say, oh, like the earth's tiny, none of this matters. Um, or you can look at it and say, well, it's the fragility that makes, you know, what we do, I guess, important and the steps that you take important and in preserving the earth or thinking about the stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just meant to give like a cosmic perspective, like an overview of the, um, of all the stories are contained within, you know, that, that dot or the earth. I, love so, it. I don't know if that answers your question, but no, it does. No, perfectly. Great. But uh, what about the, uh, the, the title? How's that, how's that playing to it too? Uh, the title of the EP or. Of, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Midnight Sun. Yeah, I'm, so Midnight Sun, yeah, it's uh, essentially sort of plays into this, um, yeah, idea of, uh, it comes from a, I mean, the Midnight Sun itself is a real phenomenon. It's um, something that happens in polar regions. So if you're a certain lat- degree of latitude north, 
um, or south in the summer, the sun will never sort of set below the horizon, even at midnight. So if you're in summer in like northern Finland, for example, um, you know, the sun shines all day for, you know, a couple of months at least. Um, and yeah, I mean, that to me is a really interesting idea um, from a f metaphorical sort of perspective. And the metaphorical perspective is that, yeah, I, uh, no matter how dark a night gets, there's always some uh, thing that you can hold on to, some glimmer of hope, um, some silver lining to a cloud. Um, and so, yeah, that sort of plays into what we're exploring through the songs, that they're, they're not cut and dry ultra happy positive tunes but they do contain that hope that note of hope in there where where by like whatever dark theme is being explored there's always there's also um yeah some light that can be found lessons that can be learned through bad experiences or wisdom that can be gained through making mistakes um and so yeah midnight sun is sort of about that it's sort of a, i guess optimistic but um at the same time not denying the suffering of life <laughs> yeah when it, you write the lyrics, is that right? Yes, yes. So does that come first? Um, do, you, do you sort of sit down and and flesh out those concepts before you you pick up the you know the guitar and stuff like that? Or what's how's that process for you? Yeah, I mean, interestingly, um, I've not talked to any songwriter who has the same process. Um, I guess everyone's different, but for me, it starts with a, with a title actually, a title yeah. and a, and a feeling um so the title comes first and the feeling that we want to explore through that comes with that and usually yeah start demoing stuff um writing um in yeah various uh writing software plus doing demos um and usually the lyrics will develop in parallel but so usually the lyrics in their initial form are fully baked before um before the you know the the exact structure of the song um but yeah i mean the words guide the feeling and the feeling guides our goals for the later stages of songwriting where um, the other guys join in and things start to get really fleshed out. Um, but I guess, yeah, the feeling or the words themselves are sort of a framework or a seed. That's awesome. And, and of course, Great. you work with uh, George Lever for the mix of the EP. Yes. Sound, man, this thing sounds incredible. Like, it's really cool. Like, you know, when I've been driving to work, that's where I get my mm -hmm. music time. I'm just cranked it up and it sound, man, sounds awesome. You must have been mm. stoked when you got that back, that first mix. Mm, absolutely, yeah, blown away by George's work. I mean, we thought it was a long shot getting him to work on the record in the first place. Um, we're all big fans of everything that he's done, particularly, I mean, just looking at George's, um, the last couple of projects he's worked on, everything he touched seems to be gold. So we wanted to get on board with him. Um, and also just because, yeah, he was good at doing the specific sound that we were after. Um, and yeah, he, he killed it. He had an approach to mixing drums that was much different to how Chris, uh, the guy, Chris Blancato, who recorded with us this time and produced the record, um, how he approaches mixing stuff and drums especially was different. Um, so the soundscapes just got this new depth. And then there's a lot of additional production that George did. So he added sort of the strings and stars. And I mean, the strings were there in some form, but he really fleshed them out and put in these really complex arrangements, which suited the... Uh, um, yeah, the songs, mainly what we loved about George's work is that there were moments, you know, the big spacious moments um, where there's a certain vibe or feeling that we're going for. And you don't really know whether it's nailed until you hear it in a mix and there's all the little things sort of add up. And so hearing those sections back, getting them back from George and knowing that they had like landed was just a yeah, really cool feeling. And we're so pleased with his work.
when you when you heard it for the first time, did you do it with the headphones or did you just get in the car or what? What, what did you sort of do to sort of absorb that for the um, first time? I was always just so excited to get a mix back from George that so I would just listen to it wherever I was. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, whether that be like headphones or in my car, stereo, um, or, but, you know, when it came time to, you know, really trying to figure out what's going on um, and sending mix notes back, it was always on studio monitors. And we'd sometimes do that together where we'd yep. get together and listen to the songs and be like, okay, what could come up here, what can go down. But mostly George has done a great job. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, wherever I was at the time that I saw that the mix was available, that's, that's you know, that determined what how I listened to it. That's awesome. And, uh, of course, you know, you mentioned before, you know, you're a cinematographer, you know, and film, filmmaker. Uh, mm. you're, you wear a lot of hats, man. You're not wearing a hat now. You're wearing headphones. But no. <laughs> you're a man of many talents, you know. So what came first for you? What was, was it music? Um, yeah, look, I mean... Uh, I've, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, always the common thread is I always felt like I had something to say, uh, creatively. And there are a number of mediums through which I wanted to express that. So I actually started with writing, you know, the lyric stuff. I mean, the earliest things I did that were creative were writing. Um, and I still like, obviously like to do that. Um, I guess, yeah, I've, I've just loved metal, um, since I was like very young and, um, wanted to yeah play guitar for a long time so I started when I was 12 and yeah so I guess I was playing guitar a lot earlier than when I started uh, practicing um as a filmmaker and, and shooting stuff that kind of happened really took off when I finished high school got a camera started going out to metal shows and filming them and stuff you know um so I guess the music came first yeah uh but you know I see I see the film stuff more as like a job or a vocation um it's yep. still very rewarding um but it's you know there's a lot of technical elements what i'm trained in to do as a job and uh, music for me is um you know it'd be great if the band takes off and, and i can just do that full time but until then um yeah i mean music's uh in this column of like it's just a hob it's more than a hobby <laughs> it's a reason for living um as i'm probably sure you're uh i get <laughs> yeah, it as yeah you oh, get it um yeah. So, and, and, you know, so I invest heaps of time, energy, money, all that stuff into the band and into music because yeah, it just makes me, it's just so, um, yeah. So it's just pure, wonderful, um, expression of creativity. It's not bound up by a need to like, you know, earn money or make a living or have a career or whatever. If the band takes off, then great. If not, um, I'm just happy to be making and performing music. It's just, yeah. Um, it's more just like pure joyful thing as opposed to a career. And I think that's, you know, you, you, you almost finished saying the H word before hobby, <laughs> but hobby, I, yeah. it's it, to me, I, I, I don't know, man, I, I don't like that word when it comes to music. I think it's sort of like, no. Oh, that's it. You know, it's like your, your work mates go, Oh, it's your little hobby. That, mm. it's, it's more than that. And I know it's yeah. more than that. Stop using mm. that word. People it's, it's a mm. filthy word because there's a <laughs> more depth to it. You know, it's, yes. uh, you know, it, it, mm. it's true. That's where the passion is. So I get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not really the right way of looking at it for people who actually yeah, live and breathe music. Um, it. Yeah. It's more than that. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. If I didn't have music in my life. Um, yeah. That's right. That's, that's mm. exactly right, mate. It's not, you know, mm. not a sports team on the weekend. It's more than that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not 
putting yeah. that down for those people out there, but you know what I mean. But what, what, what came first for you though? Like, what was the first band that sort of sparked that? I, I, I need to do this. I need to pick that guitar up and shred. Um, well, I mean, interest in metal came before the desire to play guitar. Um, for me, yeah, first band I was ever really into was Linkin Park, um, album Meteora. Yep. Um, just, yeah, just, yeah, blew me away. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been a journey since then. But, you know, through Linkin Park, I got kind of into, you know, uh, I guess sort of heavier stuff um, through, like, Breaking Benjamin, a lot of new metal. And then, you know, it was really when I started getting into metalcore when I was about, like, I think 13, when, when I thought, like, this is sick. I need to play guitar. So it was, like, <laughs> bands like Amity Affliction, um, you know, uh, Asking Alexandria, of Mice and Men, all these sort of, like, metalcore bands that were kind of popping off in the 2000s era um you know it was seeing that guitar the the way that guitars could be used for like breakdowns that high gain sound bring me the horizon is another good example um yeah those are all bands that were kind of a way in to me and then opened up into prog and all this other stuff um sorry it's not super specific <laughs> oh, but man. yeah it started with metalcore hey there you go and, and you know it's uh, definitely evolved you know, mm. and you've you know you've got that as we mentioned before, you've got that cinematic feel to to the mm. music. Ha, have mm. you thought about scoring soundtracks and stuff like that? Is that something that's that's you want to do later down um, the road? Well, I've done. I, yeah, I've thought I've thought about it. I mean, um, you know, uh, it's definitely a, quite a complicated job. Um, I know a number of film composers and. It's a bit more than, I guess what I do again, like I was saying, the stuff with introspect is just purely creative in the sense that it's like, you know, it's a feeling or a vibe that I want to communicate mm. um, through music. Whereas scoring, it's got its own technical um, things in the sense where it's like, you're essentially composing music um, to achieve a certain feeling that's already baked into whatever you're doing. And that's quite difficult, um, like with shooting, for example, um, it is difficult to understand someone else's vision, to interpret it faithfully and to do a good job for the director, you know, whoever your client or whoever you're working for. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. I mean, I've thought about it, but I've not really gone much further than that. Um, just to, yeah, it's too much keeping me busy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, you're a busy dude. I mean, you guys just uh, got signed to uh, Destroy All Lines as well, which is mm. awesome. That's yeah. great. Shout out, look, shout out to those guys because they've been like through this whole last 12 months. I've been noticing with them that they've been really like going strong and really supporting mm. a lot of bands and, and keeping things rolling behind the scenes, which is, mm. which is awesome. So, you know, mm. how, how's it been working with those guys? Um, yeah, look, we'd signed to the agency, yeah, a month or two ago. Um, we haven't uh, we haven't sort of actioned any um, tour decisions about tours or shows that have come in from them yet. Um, we're still trying to work out our EP launch uh, stuff, and again, there's a bit of uncertainty around um, when new tours can be planned and stuff. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that's coming through now is stuff that was in the works before COVID, and it's now getting a second run. Um, so yeah, we're looking out for support slots on those things. It would be great to support like like Thornhill or like, you know, some of those heavier bands that are starting to do tours again on the East Coast. Um, that would be sick. Um, but yeah, we haven't really done too much with them 
yet it's just something that's in our pocket um when yeah when live music starts kicking off again i mean it's already started but um it's a slow process you know um people starting to figure out what's possible and what's viable to plan for in the long term so um it remains to be seen hey man i i think it's it is a positive thing happening mm. right now there's if not just quite there yet but where mm. you know it's great to see some some bands from down south you know mm. come up here and visit mm. you know we had astro death up here the other week and uh shatter brain that was awesome man you know felt yeah, right. going and seeing a couple of bands you know obviously smaller attendances and stuff like that but man it mm. was it was great to to see mm. some live music again man so i can't wait to see you guys up here <laughs> we're we're hoping we can yeah get up there soon yeah um, as soon as possible really yeah Nice. You guys came up here last time, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we've never been to Queensland actually, just oh, Melbourne and Sydney. Mate. Um, so, yeah, we're waiting. Got to happen. Got to happen, yeah. brother. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you guys have definitely been doing a lot of stuff on the on the global scale. You're getting a mm. lot of support from all over the shop, which is amazing. I mean, have you been noticing? That you're paying close attention that, you know, in, in all these little pockets of the globe, you're getting messages mm. and stuff like that? It's lovely. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, we do get yeah messages, support from around the world. Looking at the Spotify back end is pretty interesting too, seeing, you know, where people are listening from and stuff. Um, uh, it's nice that our music's well received in the States. I mean, that's a good sign. I think we have more listeners from the United States than we do from Australia at the moment, um, which is interesting and cool. I actually have a really strange anecdote. Um, I have a, a family friend who um, who was good friends with yeah, my family when I was growing up years ago. And um, their family, you know, since moved back to the States where they were from originally. Yeah. And um, I got, I, you know, uh, yeah, so this guy, Will, um, yeah, he, um, he messaged me, God, it was like, yeah, six months ago or something, he messaged me just randomly saying, Hey bro, so I was just catching up with um, a friend of mine from another state who's like into fishing and we went fishing together and he had this speaker and the first song that he put on it was Earthrise and I was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> just this random bloke from the States like, and he had to message me because that was just so random, that. you know. Yeah, little that. random things like that is pretty, yeah, pretty wild. A little bit random, you know, when you go to the list and you go, okay, States, blah, blah. Where's the, where's the one place in the list that you like? you know, random country. And you're like, where the hell is that? Have you, has there been somewhere <laughs> like that? Um, seems to have a reasonable amount of support in Russia, which I think is interesting. I, it makes sense. I mean, there's a big metal following there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it still surprises us, you know. Um, the Western countries, UK, US, Canada, uh, Australia, um, you know, they don't, yeah, I mean, that's to me, you know, seems like, you know, that known markets for metal. Um, but when you start to look at places like Russia, Indonesia, um, uh, Brazil, like we get random comments of supports of people saying like where they're from and stuff. And it's just, I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's incredible, man. It's, it must be such a good feeling. Of course. I mean, you played a show recently with bad moon born, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. That was great. They're good. Good guys. Shout out to those. Absolutely. Guys. Lots of shout outs tonight. Hey guys, how are you going? Yeah. Um, how, how was that show? 
Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it was really the first show that I'd been to, um, you know, whether as like a patron or, or playing a show um, since COVID sort of, yeah, since COVID nightmare started, um, where it really felt like I was at a gig again. There were times where I'd been to shows that were like seated um, and you see there's like live music being performed, but the vibe isn't really there. And this was mostly seated, but I know people moving around. Um, there was a massive involvement from the crowd. Um, people were really excited to be there and the capacity had doubled for that seated area at um, Crowbar. So it really felt full, despite the fact that it was a seated event. It did feel like a full room. Um, yeah, so the, the vibe was insane. And personally, like, yeah, I felt very confident playing that set. Um, I had ages to practice and, um, you know, definitely the first couple of shows we played at Introspect, I was a lot of the time focusing on not like dying, <laughs> screwing up these crazy guitar parts, but yeah, a lot more confident this time. And yeah, Bad Moon Born killed it. Um, yeah, so it was a great night. That's awesome, dude. Must be, it must be good to be back on stage though, that feeling like. You know, we're walking off. You must have been like, here we go. Absolutely. Back yeah. in action. I was, yeah, I remember like Locker and I, um, we got off the stage and we started packing up our gear and we, we went up to the green room and I chatted to him a bit just after, it was like a minute after we finished playing. And I was like, dude, I forgot it was possible to feel this good. <laughs> I forgot I forgot how, how happy you could possibly get, <laughs> um, you know. Um, yeah, I was just, yeah, elated. Um, so hopefully more more stuff like that do you get the post gig blues after a show a um, couple of days i'm always like really like oh bummer i'm normal yeah i mean there's a desire to go back yeah to that um but you know uh yeah i mean no i not particularly um i miss it i miss i always am eager to get back on stage as pretty much as soon as i'm off um but for me it's a positive thing and i think also just trying to remind myself that yeah performing live and all the stuff around that is a kind of a rare peak experience at least for most people so um you know just being mindful of that and not trying to wish that every night of my life i was playing some massive show i mean that'd be great but it's it's rare that's part of what makes it special that's true that is true mm. and uh what else have you guys got cooking up for the for the year you got any more show obviously you got a launch to do mm. At the moment, we're just, um, I mean, we'd, we've only just finished the, the big PR press run for this EP. Um, and, you know, that's been a lot of work. Um, Felicity has been basically managing the band through all that. And I've been kind of, yeah, doing all the video content um, plus working on top of that. So um, it's been incredibly busy. Um, I'm just trying to, yeah, take take some time, as time off like when I can just to reflect on it all a bit and, you know, figure out what the next step is um yeah getting that the ep launch organized is our main priority at the moment um once that's sorted and the had the um yeah the lineups locked in and um you know uh, we've got a date and all that stuff um the gears will start turning to get that machine up and running again um we haven't played most of the new songs live so that will be rehearsing that and um getting the set list kind of gelling a bit um yeah i mean those are all things that we're looking at um right now we just want to play as many shows as possible so that's going to be our objective uh this year now that the music's out including coming to queensland brother yes yes <laughs> i mean that'll probably be one of the first places outside of sydney yeah um, yeah so hopefully Brisbane, see you there gold coast well i'm on the goldie mm. so 
you know, yeah. you come down and play uh, either Moe's or uh, Vinny. Okay. Good times. Okay. Damn good times. Yeah. So we'll uh, keep the beers nice and cold for you guys when you come down. But, oh, uh, please do. In the meantime, mate, congratulations on this uh, epic new EP. Uh, all the best to you and the rest of the band. And uh, we'll have the links down here as always. So uh, awesome. take care, brother. Thanks all for right, hanging out on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's been great. And yeah, hope to see you at the uh, Goldie gig, whenever that is. Yeah, I'll be, weird, I'll weird. be there, man. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. 